Christ is risen. Christos anesti. Almasia kam. Christos voskresi. Christos a resuscitado. Christ is risen. We still need to have some fun with this. This is good. <laughs> so today we hear the account of St. Thomas's encounter with the Lord. After eight days, he finally sees him. And the Lord's encouragement to him is, if you need to believe by seeing, this is okay, but it's better to believe before you see. But he gives Thomas this great opportunity to make this declaration that none of the other disciples made. He says, place your hands in my, the hands, see the hands, the, the nail wounds in my hands, and place your hand in my side. Be faithful, be, be, uh, be believing, but not faithless. And then the Lord's opportunity gives to Thomas to say, my Lord and my God. This is a, this is a powerful statement because this, this to us is what we are checking ourselves today. Is he my Lord and my God? Is he my Lord and my God? So um, as I was kind of preparing for this uh, early in the week, I was reading in the uh, prologue, of St. Nikolai uh, of Orkrid, um, this homily, he writes on these, this very verse, my Lord and my God. He says, when the Apostle Thomas touched the wounds of the Lord Jesus, he cried, my Lord and my God. When Mary Magdalene heard the voice of the risen one, in the garden she ex exclaimed in her soul, my Lord and my God. When Saul, Paul, saw the light and heard the words of the risen one, he acknowledged, my Lord and my God. When the pagans beheld how innumerable martyrs endured their sufferings with joy and asked them, who was this Christ? They answered, my Lord and my God. When the mockers ridiculed the army of ascetic monks and asked them who it was whom they laid on themselves such strict asceticism, they all and only applied with one my Lord and my God. When the mockers ridiculed maidens who vowed virginity and asked them who it was for whom they scorned marriage, they all had only one reply, my Lord and my God. The lovers of money asked rich men in disbelief for whose sake they had given away their riches and became poor. They answered one and the same thing, my Lord and my God. Some saw him and said, my Lord and my God. Some only heard him and said, my Lord and my God. Some touched him and said, my Lord and my God. Some perceived him in the tissue of events, in the destinies of the people and said, my Lord and my God. Some came to know him by some sign, either to themselves or to others and cried, my Lord and my God. And some only came to hear of him from others and believed and cried, my Lord and my God. Indeed, these last are the most blessed, says St. Nikolai. So let's take a look at this phrase, this, this declaration, this commitment the Lord has 
heard from St. Thomas and see, does it belong to me? My Lord and my God. My Lord, he's my master, he's my example, he shows me the way. Let's look at four qualities of our Lord to see his example. Humility, courage, steadfastness, and love. First, let's look at humility. The Son of God emptied himself, showed us the way of humility. He took upon his self, a, the, the flesh of his servants. He washed their feet. He suffered and died for us. Life can be, as our Lord describes to us, a focus about the other. St. Silouan says, my brother is my life. In saintly people like Mother Teresa and all those others we know, serving others is serving Christ. You know, we have such a great opportunity here, and I've, we've been part of working with the uh, houseless folks in Isla Vista and out here for many, many years. It's one of my great joys of my life to know them, uh, to have uh, good and deep relationships with them, because it's serving Christ. And many times they serve me. Like you're out there serving others, and all of a sudden you get this incredible blessing from them. You know, uh, they always say, God bless you, Father Nicholas. Always. You need to tell me that. You need to say that to me. See? Come on. So we have this incredible opportunity to touch Christ in the other. That's how you touch him. You touch Christ in the other. This beautiful opportunity we have, and God gives it to us all the time, is to find Christ in the other. And it lifts your soul. It, bur it, it buoys your spirit. So do this. Look for opportunities to serve other people at home, at work, where other places are, wherever you can just kind of put yourself aside for a second, even a moment, and serve the other person. It opens this great door of joy, spiritual joy for us, like our Lord did. That was his life on earth, all to serve us. Nothing he did he needed to do for himself. It was all for us. So may we take that as an example. The second example is that of courage. Stand firm. As Christ did, we see this in the very beginning of his ministry where he's tempted by the devil in the desert. Where the devil says, turn these stones into bread because I know you're hungry. You haven't eaten for 40 days. The Lord says, man does not eat by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Re refusing to fall to the need for provision. Then he says, throw yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple. And the Lord said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. He refuses to follow this desire for power. Give the kingdoms, I'll give you kingdoms if you worship me, says the devil. The Lord said, you shall not worship, you shall worship the Lord your God and that alone. So that temptation for prestige, he pushes away. So he shows us that we are called to, re, 
to be courageous in the face of temptation. St. Isaac the Syrian says this, If you wish to make a spiritual effort, prepare yourself to meet courageously the temptations that will befall you. So guess what's going to happen when you make a spiritual effort? Temptations will come. That's just going to happen. Be vigilant. Stand firm. Be faithful. Be courageous. Be strong, says St. Paul to the Corinthians. This example of courage... uh, was most significantly given to me by my son, Kevin, when he fought through uh, 16 months of struggling with cancer. Uh, What I saw in this beautiful person was courage. He faced every difficulty with courage. So (laughs) if I wake up and my knee hurts and I start to complain, I go, get over it. Get over it. Be courageous. There's a little difficult in my life. Get over it. Be courageous. You saw your son do it. Do it. Do it. You need to understand how important it is to just have that commitment, that that undying commitment that whatever you face, you face it with courage. You just step into it and face it. God will be there for you. That's what Kevin found was he found God in his struggle because he faced it courageously. Really powerful stuff. Um, so, um, so let's leave that there. <laughs> I love him. Um, steadfastness. The Lord says, uh, my heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. The Lord had a singular vision from his baptism to his passion, and that was to save us. Nothing got in the way. Singular vision. Our singular vision should be to be saved. Every day I should work up, Lord, wake up and say, Lord, help me be saved today to respond to everything that's in my life with virtue. Help me find that. Let me see that path today. Let me stay singularly focused on my salvation. You know, we have this um, world that says, no, you need to be happy. No, 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 you need to be rich. No, 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 you, do be res- you have to be respected. You have to be successful. No, you have one thing to worry about. You need to be saved. That's it. That's it. Everything else needs to take second place to that. Salvation is first. You know, I want to make, uh, we had a blessing on Pascha to have Father John Braun serve with us. I was thinking about this. Father John and Father Richard for six months met for coffee to try to figure out in the early 1970s where we were going as a church for six months. And they found out, they came out with two things. One was, it's all about the kingdom of God, and we find the kingdom of God in the church. And here we are. Steadfastness. That's what it was. They just saw it. The kingdom and the church. And we are not going to waver one bit away from finding that. And here here God brings us to the Orthodox faith because of the steadfastness of of those two men and many others that followed. 
but I'll never forget that, those moments because that declaration was the kingdom of God in the church is like, okay, well, what's that mean? It's like, whoa, that's big for us. We didn't even know that Orthodox Church existed then. So, you can see what steadfastness can do. And then finally, love. Our Lord, God loves us. Father Thomas Hopko uses this great word about God's love. He says God's love is ruthless. Ruthless. He never stops. It just keeps coming. You can jump away from it, you can try to hide from it, but he's going to keep loving you. It won't end. Ruthless love of God. And then he tells us to love, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then your neighbor is yourself. And then he makes in the, in the declaration of the Sermon on the Mount, he makes this declaration, love your enemy. You know, we see this in the Lord on the cross. Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. And Stephen's martyrdom, St. Stephen's martyrdom, as he's being stoned, he says, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. You know, this, this issue of forgiveness, we heard it in the epistle, the importance of forgiveness is critical in the gospel. And it's critical that uh, we see loving as... Forgiving is an act of love. And it's really important that you really fight in your heart to keep any unforgiveness out. St. John uh, the latter says, the remembrance of wrongs is like a nail in your heart. So when you hold on to unforgiveness, it's like a spiritual nail in your heart. Okay? And you know that. You all have felt that. And so the, 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 the effort we make to forgive, always to forgive. If somebody offends me, Lord, help me. And if I can't, I should beg God to help me do this. So this, this is a critical piece of our love for each other. So the Lord is a great example to us for all these things. But there's more. Because it's not just my Lord, it's my God. And without him, I could do nothing, St. Paul. And he goes on to say these very critical words to us. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I, but Christ lives in me. So no longer, no, no, not only is, the, is Christ my Lord, my master and my example, he's my God. He lives where? In me. In me. He is my compass. I turn to him and he directs me. He, if I place something next to him, I can evaluate it. Is this a good thought or not a good thought? Is this a good word or not a good word? Is this a good action or not a good action? When you sit it next to Christ, you can see it clearly. So God lives in us, and this is such an important piece for us, beloved. Turn in as much as you can. Just be quiet and sense the presence of God. And allow that to be your compass. Allow that to be how you think, what you think about, how you speak, how you act. That should be all relationship to God in me. 
And then he says, Paul says, put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand. Gird your waist with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, to shod your feet with the gospel of peace, with the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now these, beloved, are important armors, truth, righteousness, gospel of peace, faith, salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, but they're also gifts God gave to you. These are in you. You need to get this. This God at baptism and uh, at chrismation, you are given these things. These are gifts that, that reside in you. And so we have to take advantage of them. We don't go looking for them outside. We go look at them inside. So this is very critical to us. And the last promise of a God, uh, as our God, he promises eternal life. To shelter us in a place of brightness, a place of refreshment, place of repose, where all sickness, sorrow, sighing have fled away, sight of thy countenance rejoices all the saints from all the ages, granting us your heavenly kingdom, a portion in your ineffable and eternal blessings, and the enjoyment, beloved, of the unending life. This is our God, our Lord and our God. So today, regardless of how you have come to recognize him, or if you've lost your way, or if it's for the first time, let us exclaim with all our heart, Jesus Christ, my Lord and my God. Amen.